I got it. When I first heard about Dave being trapped in a maze. One, two, three, four. I built a labyrinth. Can you believe it? Dave is trapped in a cardboard maze in his living room and he can't get out. Welcome to Dave Made a Minute. The podcast where a whole bunch of us are exploring the film Dave Made a Maze one minute at a time. The twist. Many of the participants have never seen the film. Some don't even know what film they're sampling. They get their minutes and they tackle them as they see fit. Here's your host from the Groundhog Day Project and Michael Myers Minute, Robert Black. Minute 17, Gordon freaks out and we see the maze has booby traps. A note from beyond this chaotic format. The hand that punches Gordon in this minute makes a pair, the one that covers Dave's cardboard hand. Spoilers. To tackle Minute 17 on short notice, I took my DVD of Dave Made a Maze over to the apartment of a friend from grad school, Wesley Hernandez. You come home, there's a giant maze in your living room, you're like, what the? There's a giant maze in my living room. I've heard of people rearranging the furniture, but this is wackadoodle crazy. This doesn't make any sense. Is that a problem? Is promise to my second? It's like a fucking cocktail party in here. I get a few words from you before you go. Before we get to my friend from grad school and fellow adjunct professor Wesley Hernandez, a quick rundown of minute 17. Annie comes into the shot saying, Dave. Her voice echoes. Second 10, the boom operator says, Acoustics are different. And Harry might say a familiar line to people who listen to this podcast. That a problem? You bring problems to my set? You're here to provide solutions, not problems. Boom operator responds, it's just different. Second 16, Annie puts her face up to a cardboard lamp on the wall and says into it, again, her voice echoing, Dave! Gordon arrives and responds to a situation that no one else sees. In minute 16, of course, Gordon saw a drop of his blood get sucked into the cardboard of the maze. Gordon is freaking out. Gordon. Okay, look, mazes are very complicated, so let's just take a second and relax. We don't need to go and get lost. Annie, we just got here. Gordon, every maze has a dead end. He says this before he has come to a dead end, and as if on cue, like maybe the maze, Dave, knows that Gordon's going to freak out. He turns, and there's a dead end to his right, which he walks toward to punctuate his point. It's just a shame that we had to find one so soon. Look at that. Second 30, cut to the big red button. Labeled, don't push, Gordon, two exclamation points. Annie, what is happening to you? Gordon, you're freaking out. So let's just take a second and have a breather. As Gordon responds, Harry kneels before the button. He reaches to push it. Gordon, no, don't. Harry pushes it, of course, and a gloved fist pops up from the floor and hits Gordon between the legs. Harry laughs and looks to his crew. They are all amused. They leave the shot, leaving us with the wall and the button. On second 49, we're at the start of the playing card hallway, close on the sixes and the sevens on strings as Annie approaches. I will leave talk of the playing cards to Alan Sanders and Walt Murray next minute. Annie enters the playing card hallway, followed closely by Gordon, and the minute ends. So, keeping it all very mysterious, I show my friend Wesley, minute 17. A little warning on the sound quality. Uh, we were recording on my bad mic, because I didn't take the headset, and... As we were starting, a thunderstorm and pouring rain was approaching. The thing that caught my attention right off the bat was seeing all the cardboard cutout pieces just like all surrounding, you know, all different parts of the room. And they walk into a maze and I'm expecting for something to pop out at me 
And like, and I'm so terrible when it comes to these things. I jump out so quick. I'm a pansy when it comes to horror films, uh, not scary farm, fright fest. And the only thing I can really withstand in a, in a, in a horror film is just like the, the moments where you don't have the creepy music. So you have this creepy music going on. So I'm expecting something to like really scary to pop out. And then so it gets, uh, and then they get to this button in a room that says, don't push Gordon. I think that's what it said. And I was like, oh my God, some clown's going to pop out. A zombie's going to pop out. Something crazy's going to happen. Like I saw a coffee commercial on YouTube and there's just like this crazy zombie lady that pops out at the end thinking you were actually watching a coffee commercial. Do you know what I'm talking about? That's exactly what I'm thinking about. So I like, I'm kind of like doing this. Like, I can't, I can't open my eyes. Like Robert, what are you making me watch? (laughs) And then this guy gets hit in the, in the sack and I'm like, oh my God. And it was like, wait, is that it? The minute already like, so my, this whole time. My attention is devoted to like, okay, brace yourself, brace yourself, brace yourself. Okay, something's <laughs> going to pop up. I know something's going to pop up. Or, ugh. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Don't push. And of course you push. And then the the little, uh, the, the glove pops out. The boxing glove pops out and hits him right in the sack. So I was like, oh, this, what a wonderful one minute performance. Because this really builds up the ocean of, oceans of emotions inside of me. So I really appreciate this. Yeah, this was fun to watch. I'm not going to lie. I was scared for the most part. But other than that, it was super funny at the end. And if anything, it hurt me emotionally. I was like, ooh, I felt that. Then I showed him the DVD. Whoa. Dave made a maze. Is that the monster that's lurking inside the maze? It is. Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. I know this is going to be scary. Look at this guy. even know if this is a horror based off of like the, the the screen you know what they use to promote the film it's a, it's a guy or it's a half man half bull or it has horns like I, it's, it's like something you would see from beauty and the beast that's what it looks like and so it's like man is that what i had to expect for the next 60 minutes of this or however long this film is <laughs> looking forward to this film i know i'm gonna jump up i know my pug's probably gonna get scared at some point <laughs> And yeah, man, I mean, I, I, I need this. I need a horror film to kind of like wake me up out of my depression because yeah, the dreams that I've been having lately have been really screwed up. And I don't know why I'm thinking this is going to be so logically clear and how it's running in my mind as being very coherent. Like, oh, this, <laughs> this too shall pass if you watch horror films. But uh, yeah, let's do it, man. I'm looking forward to this film. Then we watched the whole movie. And some of this may cut in and out because I had, I think, three different recordings. Because he would stop talking, and I'd stop, and then he'd start saying something else, so I'd hit record again. A lot of repetition, it's very, there's so many habits, it's very mundane, like, this point of his life, you know, there's a specific scene in this film, where, um, the girlfriend Annie and Dave, like, they're, they're, they're sitting at the counter, and the phrase they say goes like this, what do you got going on today? And then one of them responds with the usual. It's either Dave or it's Annie. And then they'll follow up with the phrase, look out world. Which to me is kind of like a sarcastic remark saying like, oh, what do you got going on today? And the other partner says the usual. And then then they respond with, oh, okay. All right. Wow. Look out world. (laughs) The usual. And then they get into another quote that I felt was pretty profound. They said, do you desire freedom? 
do you feel trapped? So to me, that was like the whole thesis of this entire thing. It's answering that question. And that's your own personal thesis. Like, yes, I do desire freedom. And yes, I do feel trapped. Like, that's the thesis of my life. That's the thesis of this 2018 year that I was subjected to, all this torture. That's how I would summarize this. How That's how I would broadly summarize all of this. Do you desire freedom? Do you feel trapped? And my answer to that would be yes. I do desire freedom. Because currently, yeah, it, it feels like I, I'm doing this to myself. I'm creating my own obstacles. And that's what this is a metaphor about. This is a metaphor about cleaning up the trash that you have built up inside of you. Cleaning up the trash. You know, and by the way, like all those, you know, that support system that he had, you know, the camera crew, the girlfriend, Annie. Uh, I forget the name of the guy wearing the cardigan, the guy with the glasses. Gordon. Gordon, Yeah. You know, all those guys are, that's his support system. And at the end, they help him get rid of all this internalized oppression that he's creating uh, for himself. And then at the end, like, they're cleaning up the trash. And to me, that's a metaphor about, like, okay, we're, um, you know, you're not, you can't, you're not going to go through this alone. We're, we're, we're here with you. And you can call on us at any time. You know how in the beginning of that movie, oh, this does, this speaks volumes about what happens in the beginning because it was a little confusing about, you know, Annie inviting all of these friends over. And the reason why Annie did that is because, you know, she couldn't get through Dave alone. She needed help. And so it's like, okay, right now you're creating all these walls for yourself. I can't, I can't really get through to you because your walls are so structured and so rigid and like all this like unnecessary emotional walls that you're creating for yourself that I can't even get through you right now. So I'm going to start calling the other guys that help me because I can't do this alone. So this is very reflective of what I'm going through. This is, this, this resembles my life in so many different levels. There is another thing I want to call attention to. I'm so sorry, Robert. Did you want to even ask me a question? I no, just started going in. So, <laughs> um, oh, okay. So for me, he cut every time they use the samurai sword to cut the cardboard. Um, he, it's, to me, that that uh, symbolizes that he's cutting away his own pain. Like, not only are the friends going to be helping him, but he has to do some of the dirty work himself. This is about a guy who's dealing with pain that he's creating for himself. It's to me like it's internalized depression, and then all of that just building up inside of you. And to and then for for this guy Dave, he did it in the form of cardboard boxes. For me, like, I don't know what my internalized oppression would look like. It would probably look like something like, um, uh, if I had to pick, like, one type of object, it would be, I don't know, I think it would just be a bunch of paper, like a bunch of graded papers, or no, mm-hmm. a bunch of incomplete papers that I need to grade. Because sometimes my, I, I get stressed out with just that. Like, you know, especially with the teacher world, you're constantly grading and never ends. Once you think you're done, Friday night, because this is usually when I get all my grading done. Like, just when you think you're done, you have two days to relax, and then you forget that you have, there's a there's a deadline submission that's coming up the following Tuesday, and students are, you know, bombarding you with all these papers that are, like, two to three pages long. It's like, oh, my God, this just never stops, especially if you're teaching more than four classes. To me, yeah. that's stressful enough. So that's what my oppression, that's what my depression would look like. A lot of guys are not aware of what's holding them back emotionally. That's what this film targets. This is what this is to me. Oh, yeah. This really pinched a nerve for me. And, yeah, it had, like, a lot of humorous moments. And there was a huge uh, humor aspect to this. But, man, like, there are moments where, like, oh, my God, that's me. 
like, that is me. Like, I had to think for a second. I had to pause. I'm like, you know, this is not really funny for a guy who's actually going through this. Right. But I like how he did add in humor. I thought that was genius because, you know, you kind of do have to laugh at this. Like, because no one's doing this. Like, there are no external factors are doing this to you. It's you. You're doing this to yourself. That was a hard pill to swallow because I always want to attribute blame to other people. And that's that's a big metaphor about life. We always want to blame the other. For all our problems, insecurities, faults, imperfections, we always want to blame the other. But no, this is um this is us. This is emotional cutting. And I think this 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 film from Bill was just so um beautifully crafted. Yeah, this film is everything I could ever ask for and and uh, and a theme that's talking about depression. It's everything I could ever ask for. It's humorous. It's funny. It's it's engaging. And it just really reminds me of myself. Yeah, I'm 30. Dave's 30. He's uh, he's somewhat attractive. I'm somewhat attractive. <laughs> he's very tall. I'm very tall. He has a very beautiful girlfriend who was very helpful in this film, and I love that. You know, and I just wish my girlfriend was more helpful in real life, but that wasn't that wasn't the case. But I'm thankful for that because every you know, if you didn't learn something from this, then it was a complete waste of time. But for me, I definitely learned something. Oh, I definitely learned something out of this out of this whole episode that I went through for the past seven months. The sooner we realize how broken we are the less corrupt our world will be. I think that that's my thesis. Like that's my, that I think that's what I'm trying to take away from this whole entire thing. Here's another thing I share with my students. When, when a student is bombarded with classes, papers, exams, the exhaustion makes you ineffective. Same thing with Dave. When you're bombarded with so much, so many of life's problems, your relationship with your, with your partner will be ineffective. Um, mental health policy and funding is lacking in this country. Thanks for showing me this, Robert. Yeah, this definitely hit home for me. And then I could probably disarm all the traps, and then we could we could finish this maze. Who is with me? That was mostly my friend Wesley Hernandez taking on minute seventeen of Dave Made a Maze. Next time on Dave Made a Minute, we've got Alan Sanders and Walt Murray of The Wilder Ride taking on minute eighteen. Thank you for listening to Dave Made a Minute. Intro dialogue snippets were taken from Dave Made a Maze, directed by Bill Watterson, written by Bill Watterson and Steve Sears, and produced by John Charles Meyer. Intro music is Diversion by The Equals, featured in the film Dave Made a Maze, and Life Cycle of a Match by Parvis Decree. Outro music is Leaving This Godforsaken Place and Her Presence is Strong Here by Parvis Decree. Dave Made a Minute is a production of Lemming Drop Studio and all other featured podcast producers. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Dave Made a Minute. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice, and check out all of the participants' other shows to spread the love around. Again, thank you for listening. As long as we're all working together, this is going to be fine. It's going to be great. I need you to notify the families of everyone who died here today. Totally. Wait, what?